uh, a division of comedy here off in industries. <laughs> All right. Should we do this podcast? Yeah, let's or start this fucking podcast. Welcome back to the show. Welcome to the show. It's Your Parents Watch This, hosted by Kean Beattie and Brad Semituk. Um So, Kean, uh, you were saying before we started recording that you're getting into little person porn. Who said that? You were telling me that before we started recording, and you said you wanted to talk about it on the show. I didn't say anything like that. You said that. you wanted to tell the listeners of the show that you think little people are in a, quote, objectively hilarious predicament, unquote. <laughs> That's what you were telling me. You know what? And I want you to edit out that laugh right there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I didn't say anything like that, and quite frankly, I'm tired of these intros scripting without my permission. <laughs> that's, what you, that's what you said to me, and you told me that you wanted me to do that as the intro. I don't know. You said, well, let's skip the bit this week. Let's do something real. Anything, and I want to be. I want to make one thing abundantly clear. I haven't supported any of your intro bits. You told now, me. Not now, not ever. You told me. I hated me. the loud podcast, and I hated this <laughs> But what did you think of the thinking I was punching a guy, but then I accidentally had sex with his ass forgot about it that so was a good one say? i think about that <laughs> one a lot <laughs> all right uh what movie did we watch this week this week we checked out um boogie nights a movie about a movie about uh knights who dance yeah it's movie a, about a bunch of ni- knights with armor it's like king arthur's round table except the table's a dance floor yep no it's it's not about that it could be though Probably should be. Uh, yeah, no, Boogie Nights came out in 1997. It was directed by Paul Thomas Anderson. It stars uh, Mark Wahlberg, Julianne Moore, Burt Reynolds. Uh, and it's about uh, the rise and fall and eventual rise again of uh, Dirk Dickler. It's an allegory porn for... porn star. Sorry, what? It's an allegory for OG Mudbone's career. <laughs> yeah. He rose, he fell, and now that I'm mentioning on this, him on this podcast, he is rising again. Yeah, you think our 73 on average listeners a week is going to give OG Mudbone the push he needs? That's pretty good on average a week. On and, average, it's not bad. And yes, I do think that. <laughs> I think that we have the ability to manipulate Google search trends, and I think our listeners owe it to us to search for him a couple times. OG Mudbone was probably the first penis I specifically Googled. Definitely the first penis I marveled at, which (laughs) the amount that they marvel at Dirk Diggler's penis in this movie just reminds me of, like, being on the bus in grade seven. Yeah, I was going to say, that that is really a throwback to grade seven. I would say the most I ever appreciated the human form was in grade seven. Man, it just reminds me of my friend Ryan leaning across the bus and being like, I got to show you something, don't judge me. And then it's just OG Mudbone coming. (laughs) Nobody ever showed me coming. I think I just saw still images of his penis. Man, nobody off ever. Off my friend Mark's PSP. Nobody ever came more than that guy. I'll tell you that. He did come a lot. What about uh, Peter North, the cum shot master? I never got into him. I never. <laughs> <laughs> I never heard of that, actually. In my I only life. heard of him from another boy at junior high. Yeah, sure. That's your story. What, that a boy showed me a male porn star? That is my story. That's yeah, that's not a fucking That's proud your story, one. sure. I'll believe it. Sure, I'll believe your story. Just kind of like your story when earlier you told me uh, that you only you find you have to find out about all the regular size porn stars from other boys because you only like little people porn. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, but yeah, it's you might be wondering, oh, why are they talking about coming in cocks so early in the show? This is a, 
an anomaly. Well, actually, it's not because this whole movie is only about that. Yeah, this is a, a show business movie, but it's about the porn show business. The business of showing your hole. Yeah, which I kind of liked. I don't know. You said you texted me and you said that this movie made you very uncomfortable when we were watching it. Yeah, well, it's been a long-standing fact on this podcast that horniness, <laughs> Hollywood horniness, doesn't jive with me. I can't. It's. I don't know. I don't even know how to describe the feeling I get, but it's something between cringing and the heebie-jeebies. I kind of get what you mean because the first time I watched this movie, I was watching it with Mark and Charles, uh, my two roommates, and there's just a certain weirdness when you're watching like the fuck scenes with like three fellas planted side by side on the couch together yeah that's weird but it's like it's it starts even before that because the first time i got this feeling was when we were in the the when they're in uh dirk pre-dirk is in the, his job he's kitchen cooking in a kitchen and then the porn producer guy comes in and he's like so you're 17 let me see that cock you didn't like that no, it was fucked, dude. It was so creepy. The way you got recruited into the porn business, that's like the way every girl gets recruited into the porn business. It was <laughs> it was too much. Yeah, that was you know, that was probably the weirdest choice about this movie for me was that they made it about dudes. <laughs> yeah. Like I loved that it was like like dudes were the stars of porn. Like I obviously <laughs> never watched porn in the 70s, but like was yeah, that like, how it was where it was like, because like, I don't know a single, I know maybe one guy's, uh, one por- male porn star's name. Well, you literally just said two. Okay. Well, I know at least three plus male porn stars' Plus all those little people names. porn stars you're talking yeah, about. anyway. all those ones. I'll concede to that point now that we're three minutes into the film. <laughs> but uh, you've worn me down. But uh, <laughs> no, I mean like, it, it's just like, it's, I don't know. I just thought that was a very funny directorial yeah, choice to such... make it so that like the dudes are the most desirable ones and they can just, you know. Forget about who the girl is. We're all we're all looking at Dirk. Yeah, it's such an insane fantasy to have. Like this, like this new young man gets into porn, and then the industry is changed forever. And like the funniest thing about how revolutionary his porn is is like he doesn't do anything different. He just has a beautiful penis. Yeah, he's just got a longer dick than anybody this has before him. <laughs> it's just a movie about the guy with the best penis of all time. But he also had pretty unbelievable stamina. <laughs> Did he? Because I could fuck that long. Yeah, could you? I think the most important... And I do. Yeah, I mean, that's not up for debate here. One thing we want to make very abundantly clear is that uh, me and Brad fuck long and hard. And there's no buts after that. That's just uh, an announcement. Yeah, and we also can... That's a pre-show announcement. That's uh, a fuck acknowledgement. Much like Dirk Diggler, we can fuck slow. Yeah. That was my favorite part. This girl was given a, like a review of why he was so <laughs> yeah. amazing to shoot with. And she's like, well, he can fuck fast. He can fuck slow. He can fuck hard. He can fuck soft. He can just fuck any type of way he wants to fuck. And, and that's how I know he's special. Isn't that and what you're kind of looking for? That Literally, that quote is when I realized I am special. <laughs> <laughs> like, is Do you think there's guys who can't fuck... They Slow? only have one speed. <laughs> Just, <laughs> Sorry, sweetie. No <laughs> gears on this bike, baby girl. <laughs> I fuck fast. I uh, my my uh, my dick has no brakes. What about a guy who can only fuck slow? Now that's a pretty funny guy to be. <laughs> <laughs> now that's a that's a guy I'd like to meet. <laughs> guy who's like half a meter per second, baby. That's yeah. still pretty good, though. Sorry, that's pretty sweetie, fast. I'm sensual. Genetic. No, that's actually pretty fast if you do that math, but. You get it. I do get what you're trying to say there. But yeah, it's it, it would have been such a more accurate movie 
if it was about a girl, but also it's like um, it would have been a thousand times more disgusting too. Yeah, that was like, probably I, it. I think I can't even imagine the complaints I would have if it wasn't about dudes. Like because, and uh, it's like they recruit him when he's seventeen, so still a child. So you already got one plot hole and then like i'm not even willing i mean i wouldn't say that's a plot hole i would say that's a feature of this movie and not in a good fun way i just mean that like that's realistic yeah so here's what i was wondering though because do you think this movie's pro porn or anti-porn because it's about a porn star but it shows like all the negative shit and his life does get insanely corrupted well for a movie about the porn industry i would say Actually, see, and, and that's where I want to catch myself, actually, is, like, this is one of the least horniest horny movies I've ever seen. Like, I disagree. But to, I haven't seen as many movies as you. Okay. But, like, it's just, like, let me let me raise you this point. Mm-hmm. How many movies have we covered on the show that weren't about sex but were so abundantly horny? Yeah, definitely. Because I've but, said the thing before. About, exactly. Yeah. Like, but but on this one, this movie is specifically about people having sex for money, uh, and and it's almost commodified. It's almost like it it feels so casual. Uh, so many of the sex scenes through this movie, and a lot of the times when they're having sex, the point of the scene isn't that they're having sex. There's some other thing going on, like whether it's Dirk Diggler trying to make a good impression in front of fucking. Uh, uh, God damn, Burt Reynolds for the first time, or yeah. it's uh, him, you know, getting into it with Julianne Moore for the first time, or if it's him not being able to get it up later in a in a scene later. Like it's never just about the sex, and they're never using that. Like that's never the main draw of this movie. What I appreciated so much about this is that it's uh, it's it's a movie about the people who are behind the porn. It's about people doing porn. You know what? I think makes me so uncomfortable about this movie is it's a movie about sex, but it's impossible to jack off to. Yeah, man, that's exactly it. There's not one scene that's hot in this movie. Like all the sex scenes go wrong or there's something fucked about them or there's just some gross shit happening. Like, I think that's why it's uncomfortable for me. Yeah. I mean, I, and quite frankly, I really like that. I think a lot of movies kind of ro- over-romanticize sex, and this it was it was yeah. nothing in this. This was yeah, just like, like a, a plot device. It, yeah, and that makes me think that it was a really sex-positive movie, but I think it was kind of anti-porn, though. I think it was kind of showing the porn industry as a little dark, a little scandalous, a little skeezy, a little slimy, a little grimy. Yeah, you're right, but also I think that in that era, and still probably now to a... Hopefully a lesser extent, but truthfully, I don't really know. Well, yeah, they did. The website just got caught with a child porn suit. Which uh, Pornhub? Yeah. Yeah, because, yeah, they were they were. Yeah, you're right, because they were purposely really terrible at taking down all the different revenge porn that people would upload and shit like that. Yeah. So like it probably still is bad, honestly. And then like the the weird recruitment shit just happens on Twitter instead of in real life now. Yeah, I mean, there's all. Like, of I that. saw a news story about a girl who wanted to start an OnlyFans house. She was just gonna let people move into this house and pop their pussies uh, with no ID verification. 
See, you know, like it's it's so funny that like she probably got that idea. At least this is I'm giving her the benefit of the doubt. She probably saw like uh, Twitch houses and shit like that and was like, yeah, I'll do that. But for OnlyFans. Yeah. And that was how she got the idea. Not from seeing like a brothel and being like, yeah, I'll make that. No, definitely. I think she even said that. I could be remembering wrong, but I'm pretty sure I watched an interview where she was like trying to explain it after she got yeah. canceled. And I she was <laughs> like, no, I was thinking like it was like the hype house, but for pussies and, <laughs> yeah, and butts. I, I think that's such a funny. Well, actually, like to... you can't have the hype house, but for pussies. It yeah. already is for pussies. But this one would have been for pussy holes. Yeah. Yeah. For, yeah. For pussies that we all like. For clits. <laughs> thank you bradley um yeah no i think that's so funny to just like accidentally you know put make yourself become a madame like in the most reverse way so i don't know if this movie is shining a good light or a bad light on the porn industry actually maybe it's just trying to realistically portray it i think it's just shining a light because i mean and the thing another thing that made me kind of uncomfortable is like just how real it all felt like it did really feel that's it, man. Because I mean, like this, this didn't movie... really feel like a plausible porn industry story. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, it's, I think it's so much less about porn uh, and more uh, just about uh, the entertainment industry in general. Yeah. I think that makes an it allegory a... for being a comedian or a podcaster or both, like me. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you're, to an extent, you're right, though. I mean, like this is a showbiz movie. It follows all more or less the same kind of plot as a pretty standard showbiz movie of the rise and fall and spiral and then maybe rise again or maybe they just die. Yeah. Um, I like how they handled the the maybe rise again. Yeah, I, I like that too. I like that I couldn't tell if he was going to or not. I appreciate that he was able to get... Because like, that's kind of how this movie goes is, yeah, he like falls and then... Uh, you know, spirals and then rises or, you know, it ends uncertain whether he's going to succeed in the industry like he used to or if it's going to keep petering out. But, yeah, no, I do. I do like how they left that. I like that they uh, had him get over his own shit and just kind of make it so that it was up to him to succeed. But that's kind of one of the points that I wanted to bring it back around is uh, Paul Thomas Anderson uh, specifically said that uh, there wasn't any character development in this movie. How do you feel about that? Because that's... He starts and ends in the same place. Yeah. I think that there was character development in the non-main characters. Yeah, that was... Yes, you're right. But it was also still pretty marginal character development. And if they do change, it was like... Wasn't always in the way that you want it. Because the guy who changed the most, I would say, would be Don Cheadle's character. I think... Fuck, what was his name? Chuck or Chat? The, I, I'm blanking. The guy who wanted to start the uh, fucking um, uh, audiovisual store or the stereo store. Yeah, I remember him. I don't remember his name, unfortunately. Yeah, I, th- I can't either. But yeah, some of the characters change only marginally. Uh, none of them really all ch- like change all the way, but... Like, what do you expect from these skis balls, you know? But no, but I just think that <laughs> I, I think that was a very realistic way to portray people in this movie. Yeah, I think that. I, yeah, I think that's really what would have happened. Like, I mean, what a really lot of... happens is you get out of the porn industry and you go to a weird smoky nightclub and you have to do some fucking dance on the stage. And then that's how you make your money now. 
like and then it's just really sad but it's not always that though i mean like there's certain people who are able to pivot out of it or just do something else like i just appreciated that they kind of had all those different um i guess different archetypes of person in this movie like there was uh don Cheadle's character who at the start of the movie he wanted to try and get out of porn like he was just doing this as a day job yeah and then you also had dirk who like this was his be all and end all for him he only wanted to do this and he wanted to be the very best at it and then you had like john c Riley who you know he could take or leave porn he's doing like he's uh he ends the movie as a magician in a strip club which he mentions mentions that he wanted to be a magician like i think uh, when you first meet him in the movie yeah, and I think he he does bring it up again. So maybe he doesn't even change cuz he's who I'm thinking of as changing. And th- yeah, but and and that's what I'm saying is like a lot of these people kind of have a goal in mind and they're just at a point now in their lives uh where they can't do that for reasons that are out of their control or they're either fucking getting their money right so that they can actually go and, you know, yeah. take that upon themselves. I just think that this movie really portray uh, it it portrayed people so well and so accurately. And yeah. That they were complex and, you know, whole round characters. They might not have changed very much, but uh, frankly, they didn't need to because they were so complex to begin with. Well, and it's also like, not to get too movie guy on you, but like, why do characters even need to change, bro? Like, how many people have you ever met in your life that have changed? That was the other thing I wanted to mention. Like, isn't it a little optimistic in movies that they can have a guy go through a, you know, life changing <laughs> event and be a completely different person after 90 minutes are up? Yeah, like I don't know one dynamic character in real life. I don't think. No. Yeah, or 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 well, I know you... one. I like. Yeah, I know one dynamic character. Yeah, and it's me. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but it, I mean, like, and if you do know somebody who's changed a lot, it's it's never like a fast change. It's always a pretty slow and gradual thing. Yeah, and that's kind of how this movie feels. Like none of these people are get their lives fully back on track by the end of it. It's all just like they're kind of doing better than they were before. Like, I mean, Julianne Moore's character, her whole arc through the movie is that she uh, her her relationship with her sons has been ruined. But like by the end of it, she doesn't really get them back. She loses no. her sons in court and then she just continues it like she's just finds happiness with Dirk. Yeah. Like her story doesn't end well. And she's like I said, back in the same spot as everybody else. She's just a little more comfortable with it by the end of the movie. Yeah, that's really interesting it's like i don't know this movie is like kind of sad if you think about it like if you think about dirk's like whole character arc or whatever you want to call it like his dream and then the path his life actually takes that's fucking really depressing and really accurate to how real life is did you relate with the character of dirk at all i don't know like, a little bit in the sense of having the most beautiful penis of all time. Naturally, me too. And being able to fuck super long and soft if I want to as well. Um, but also, like, a little bit in the whole, in the whole like, I feel like it's not really articulated in the movie, but he does, like, get perspective on his dream. Like, when he starts out, he's like, I'm going to be the biggest, most famous actor in Hollywood, and he thinks he's, like, a real actor and everything. And then he just, like through all these tragic things happening in his life, realizes where he actually stands, and it's way farther below where he thought. Yes. And to me, that's kind of like having dreams. Yeah, no, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, this movie kind of reminded me of uh, comedy, in a sense, of like, I don't know, when you start, you kind of feel like it's sick and everything's awesome, 
and then you get a better sense for what it actually is and it's kind of fucked and you have to realize or make a decision like hey do you still want to be doing this knowing what it actually is or do you want to get out or you know fuck it i don't know yeah i mean yeah and just the amount like even not even saying that he didn't realize that it wasn't possible for him to be the most famous actor ever or whatever because i don't think it wasn't possible like he does let all the extras of his tiny amount of fame corrupt him to the point where he's not even able to make the leap to what he wanted from the start yeah and i think that that's a really accurate portrayal of people following their dreams honestly yeah that that was the most real thing that i saw is uh, uh somebody getting a little bit of success and having you know completely running wild with that and then you know that contributing to their downfall like in in this guy or in Dirk's case it was getting re- so into blow that he couldn't get a boner anymore and then fucking losing it when the next young guy who came around was able to get a boner man the the person that was hearing the pitch for this movie must have just fucking laughed them out of the room like imagine pitching this movie you're like okay so there's this teenager and he's got the most beautiful cock of all yeah. time and he fucks excellent and then he becomes a porn star but he does too much blow and then his cock can't get hard and then that's like the climax of the movie ironically <laughs> and then the movie kind of just ends after that yeah i mean uh yes such a funny like it is a tough pitch mark Wahlberg, uh he was saying in an interview that uh he thought that uh, this movie was a joke, like just a. Well, it does sound. Of, it really sounds silly. like a joke, but then he said he re- read the first thirty pages of the script, and he was like, "Okay, this is either an excuse to see my penis, or it's uh, a masterpiece." Yeah, and I don't know. I don't know. What do you think about this movie? How did you love it? Did you hate it? I think this movie is a masterpiece. I love this. is one of my favorite styles of movie in the world, which is long and meandering and uh it sets me in a a a, a stylized universe that i really really like with flawed characters who i'm able to relate to and uh see them either as you know they remind me of either myself or people that i've met or aspects of you know different i guess uh features of being a human i don't know it's very relatable i think that this movie just because it it being about it's not about porn it's about people and yeah. uh, that's why I like it so much. I kind of did a weird prude thing with this movie that I guess maybe I should work on or whatever. But, like, yeah, I don't know. When I first told you I hated it, I, I wasn't really thinking about all the shit in it. I was just mostly thinking about how gross it is that they keep... Yeah. But now, like, the more we talk about it, the more I realize that I do actually like it more than i thought yeah and i think that's kind of the interesting thing about this movie is uh why they chose It's funny that it worked on me though yeah to me because i usually think of myself as a guy who you can't play movie games with yeah but there's certain and i get you because like sex and stuff definitely makes me uh uncomfortable in movies uh that's so weird, though, right? Sometimes. Like, oh, it is weird. For and just I, two guys who grew up in the fuck generation? Like, why are we like that? I mean, I think uh, I think it kind of goes back to uh, just, like, how my parents handled that shit. Like, I've done jokes about it on stage, but, like, I've never seen my parents kiss or do anything romantic or anything like that. So that stuff's always just been... I don't know if it was purposely, but it was very much stigmatized for me growing up. But I don't know. I like to think it's more complicated than that. Like, it, I don't like to just blame it on 
something my parents did. 10 yeah, I'm years sure ago. society also is to blame, and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. But what I'm saying is, I don't feel like most people from our generation are this uncomfortable about just seeing that happen in a movie. No. But I might be wrong about that. I mean, I don't know. know. But either way, that's kind of something that I want to work on uh, just for myself. But I don't know. I I can't even talk about sex with people I'm having sex with. Like not currently, but like later. Yeah. When they're like, when they do the like talking about stuff they like, I'm just like, (laughs) 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 like, I can't even handle it, man. I don't know. Maybe that's just a, maybe you got to just do exposure therapy. Keep having sex and keep talking about it. That's my plan, baby. (laughs) But Um, uh, yeah, no, what, like, why, why do you think that the Paul Thomas Anderson decided to make this movie about the porn industry as opposed to literally any other, like this could have been about Hollywood in general. This could have been about fucking stand up comedy even. Well, I think a combination of things, obviously, but like probably shock value. Um, I doubt there was, and this is knowing nothing about it, but I doubt at this time there was very many porn industry movies. Yeah. Um, I also think it's, he wanted it to be like relatable, but not in a surface way to people. Like if he made this movie about accountants, then everyone who's not an accountant is going to take it differently than everyone who is, you know? Yeah, but that's kind of the other thing, too, is do you think that you and I are relating to this a lot more than other people would just because that we kind of do something that's a little porn adjacent? Well, maybe, because I do think all comedians are whores, but I will say that I think it's possible to take this movie as just being about having a dream. Yeah, and that's that but that's yeah, that's kind of the point I'm trying to make is that this movie is just about a guy who has a dream. But like but everyone has a dream. No, yeah, exactly. But like I it's just this movie didn't need to be about porn, so I feel like that definitely served something. I think maybe I think shock value absolutely. I think maybe it it, it helped to make the lows a little lower. Yeah. Almost because I think that a lot of the times when people see people, you know, who are uh, pursuing their dreams and failing at them. They're just like, uh, stop it. Or like, why are you doing this to yourself? But I think that, I don't know, maybe the stakes are a little higher if people are actually being fucked. That's interesting. Yeah. It's like once you started, it's like, you can't really do anything else. Exactly. And also it's, uh, I think, uh, I mean, maybe that's not the best. I don't know if that's what I'm getting at. I think it's more just, it looks worse for the, for, for a bystander. Like, like, like the end scene where um fucking um Mark Wahlberg is having to basically just be a uh, uh like a gay prostitute for money or to try and buy blow mm-hmm. um and he's like having or watch or getting fucking beaten by that fucking uh homo or the pack of homophobic southern gentlemen yeah um <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you need to call him gentlemen in this context. Uh, fellows are fellows. <laughs> boys will be boys. That's some what I said. Some homophobic good old scene. boys and uh <laughs> some good old boys. <laughs> but um I mean like like if that if this movie was about showbiz or stand up like the equivalent of that would just be a guy bombing really hard. Yeah. Or like having to do a bad set at an open mic and like that doesn't hit as hard as you know, I don't know. The stakes are just so much higher with porn is how I feel. Yeah. Or, like why I think that they're trying to get to it. And then you also have what like I the- was saying earlier is it just seems like it just makes more sense to me to be trapped in that world and yeah. not have an out. 
as opposed to some of the other like show busy things, you know? I suppose and then so. Yes. I also think he just wanted to talk about the porn industry because there is a lot of like there's pretty good commentary on like how predatory and gross and grimy it all is and how it's all controlled by the guy behind the camera and yes. shit. But and I think he like do you think there was a lot of there was and is a lot of people who think like you start with porn and then you become a famous actor, a lot like Dirk thought. And I think he just wanted to talk about that. Yeah, you're probably, maybe, but do you think that he portrayed it in a negative light in this movie, or do you think he just portrayed it in a flawed light, in the same way that he portrayed, like, literally every other character? Well, no, I don't think he's trying to be negative about it. I just think he's trying to show people what it really is. I think people had misconceptions about it. But do you think that this is what it really is? Like this, To me, this just seems like so much more rose-colored than what porn actually is like in this movie the bad financier goes to jail and then um you know it just becomes truly but he only goes to jail for fucking a child yeah but that's uh, still he's out of the picture and the bad guy goes to jail and fucking uh you literally just have the island of misfit toys subplot where all these people who don't fit in anywhere else find solace in each other and that's what it is like this is a yeah i mean i don't think that that doesn't happen in porn. No, I know. But like, that's the point I'm trying to make is I just don't think that that's, I, I don't think that he's portraying this in a overly negative light. No, I'm agreeing. With okay. You. Okay. I don't okay. think, I think he's just trying to be as real as possible about it. Maybe. And I yeah. think he's trying to show that there are bad shits. Everybody knows what the good stuff about porn is. That's why you have to make a movie that shows some of the bad stuff, you know? Yeah. Can you, because everybody knows that, like, you do porn, you get to hang out with all the hot guys, and then you come a bunch. Yeah. So you don't really have to show too much of that. Fair enough. Right? Here's my question. Do you think getting fucked feels good for porn stars, or do you think they're just like, ugh, another day at the office? Yeah, I'd say it probably feels like that. Because, like... I feel like you can le- lose feeling in in yourself if you're feeling yourself too much, you know? Can you elaborate on that point? Like <laughs> I I think if you jack off too much your dick can go numb. Yeah, that's true. So I think if you get fucked too many times your dick and your ass and your whatever wherever you're getting fucked or fucking with can go numb. I mean, this is all speculation. It's just my theory. On it. like the same way scientists have theories, I'm having one right now. Yes, this is your hypothesis. Yeah, I don't Should... know. It just it made it all seem like really sad to me. Even the parts that weren't maybe supposed to be sad, like when they're when he's just like realizing his dream, and then but it's like the old grizzled porn star that he has to fuck for the first time or whatever that's mm-hmm. been in it for a while, and she's just like. I don't know. He's just like so excited and she's just like having a regular day. And I don't know. Something about that dynamic made me a little sad. You get what I'm saying or no? I get completely what you're saying. Uh, It kind of reminded me of when you started stand up and you would go to Tuesdays at the comic strip and nobody wanted to do their fucking spots and everyone was complaining. And you were like, man, I'm so blessed to be able to go on this stage. Yeah. And try my jokes. Why would these people complain about Why this? Why would they complain? They get to do this five is minutes. This is the Hollywood of, of Edmonton. People? We're as close to showbiz as we could get right exactly. now. Exactly. Yeah, 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 definitely. 
But yeah, I don't know. But also, there I don't is, know. At the uh, exact same time, I still loved how uh, casual all of that was to them. Like it was literally like it was nothing going on. But it was also kind of interesting how they uh, were able to different like the scenes where they were uh, fucking just for work versus the scenes where it was actually people having sex felt very different because yeah. there there um, there was a series of scenes at, in the first half of the movie, like during the seventies portion of it, mm-hmm. where uh, William H Macy's character Little Bill kept watching walking in on his wife uh, fucking other guys. Yeah, and like that felt bad. Yeah, but I kind of liked the bit he was doing where he was just like, oh, come on. That was a funny bit, but it also felt bad. And the wife was never moaning. Yeah. that's That was my favorite part, Come actually. on, Bill, you're embarrassing me. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> my favorite part was how it didn't look like the wife liked fucking the guy she was cheating with. Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty... That really it was just salt in the old wound. <laughs> but, uh... I mean, there like there was stuff like that, and then there's also the. Imagine fuck- your wife cheats on you with another small dick guy. That would be like rough. just a guy who looks like exactly like you. Yeah, man, that'd be hard. She's like, he does like two less annoying things than you do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I decided to cheat. What if it was just like a guy who looked like? What if like say you okay? What if your wife cheated on you with a guy who looked identical to you, but he had a mustache? Do you think that would be worse? Like knowing that was like all you had to do was grow that mustache. And your I would feel would bad about myself because I'd be like, what kind of personality do I have that my wife doesn't feel comfortable asking me to grow a mustache? <laughs> right. Like how unapproachable am I? I don't know, man. I would probably snap if somebody asked me to grow a mustache. I'd be like, you don't think I'm trying? Well, I would just never blame women. I've been trying I'm every day since I've been in seventh grade. I'm just not like you. I wouldn't blame a woman. I for- only... Never mind. What? Never mind. Okay. We'll let the listeners be the judge of what to mind and what to never mind. Yes. Um. So, but you were saying but the at, comparison at, of fucking for work versus for pleasure. Yeah, and an even more direct comparison is the uh, fucking uh, how we uh, Mark Wahlberg has sex with Julianne Moore for the first time on screen, and they're literally having a conversation through it where she's like, "Oh, you're doing great. You know, don't stress." <laughs> Uh, yeah <laughs> and then and then later on uh after he buys his own house and he like gives her the grand tour and they end up doing blow in the bedroom and fucking like there's a very different feel to both of those scenes yeah one feels much more ca- the first one feels much more casual it's structured they're at work whatever the second time it's like fucking dirty and weird especially because they have the weird fucking mother-son dynamic yeah yeah, that mother-son dynamic was kind of fucked, eh? Man, that was really weird, and mostly just because I've met a lot of weird women who have tried to initiate that with me. Have you had that? No. Literally never once in my life. Really? And I'm not joking. You're lucky. What do you... But what do you mean by it? I've just, like... I mean... Yeah, no, I mean, like... And it was just kind of a weird thing where I felt like it was almost an insecurity on her part where she wanted just... I don't know. It felt like she kept calling me her son and, like, just weird shit like that. Yeah. And it, I, it, it didn't get nearly as far as it went in this movie simply because I hated being around her and she made me uncomfortable. But I have I feel like that is a de- definitely a thing that I see where it's these people who are wildly broken and they feel like the... Uh, and that's probably a weird... Uh, not a, a, a fair way to say it, but, like, people who have a lot of fucking shit going on for themselves. But and they, do you instead think- of fixing themselves, they just want to try and, you know, help somebody else, which, like, that's nice of you, but don't. Yeah, that's true. That used to annoy me a lot, too, like just unsolicited advice. But I wonder, though, is it like 
is that just a young guy bit that people do? Because it that does seem different than the than the way it is in this movie. You might be right. I mean, um, but if you guys had fucked, I wonder what the dynamic would have been. Yeah, who's to say? I don't know. It's just such a fucking weird thing, and that's obviously a much smaller example of it. But it's, um, I don't know. That's just I feel like that's something that I've seen a lot. But I also wonder, like, in the movie for that weird dynamic, I wonder who initiates it because he has a weird thing with his mom at first. Like, do you think that's him bringing his weird mom stuff into the thing or her bringing her weird son stuff into the thing? I mean, I think it's what I was saying before where I said this, like it's an island of misfit toys. It's a combination of the two. If you had played along with the mother-son bit with that lady, I bet you you guys would have done a weird fuck thing. Exactly. And if if That's what you're saying. If that's, That's exactly what I'm saying. The reason that didn't go far is because that wasn't i didn't want that and i hated it and i hated her uh but i don't want to talk too bad about this lady like i said she didn't she stiffed me so fuck it i just remembered that um but like if 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 that was something that i needed i could totally see myself just latching onto that because that's somebody who could give me that and i think that's what this movie was it was uh uh, Julianne Moore trying to, you know, find a son or trying to find a new son because she fucked hers up and she wasn't willing to do this shit that she actually needed to do to get it back, which was get off blow and get off or get out of doing adult films, which she probably shouldn't have had to do, stop doing adult films. I think that was a very sex negative aspect of this movie, but it was also the 70s. So fuck it. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't know. That's just a comment on our on our fucked up judicial system, I think. But yeah, you're right. I mean, because that yes. even in real life now, if you went to court and you're like, "This bitch got a OnlyFans," the judge would be like, "Ding!" Well, the judge would say something judge like, but in the, the essence of it would be, be like, "Damn!" How okay. much is that? <laughs> <laughs> Bailiff, get my credit card. <laughs> Uh, bailiff type this in (laughs) (laughs) bailiff put a vpn on my computer um yeah that's that's interesting do you think this movie is a little bit about enabling because like i think on one end it's about finding your people but on the flip side of that it's also about how finding your people can like stop you from becoming who you could have become yes I think that the problem is that people are complex and ever-changing and ever-evolving. And sometimes when you think that you found your people, you're like, you, you've really just found, a, you know, a group of people who you need to hang out with right now. This isn't the be-all yeah. and end-all. Like, I think, I feel like the person who came out the furthest ahead of this movie was Don Cheadle's character, the guy who started the stereo store. He oh, just, yeah utilized porn as a way to make money and then was able to do what he actually wanted later. He didn't get too caught up in the fucking business or like the interpersonal things. He literally just met his wife and then took off. Yeah. And I think um, it also shows like the curse of getting attention. Like, have you ever noticed how when someone starts getting a little bit of like social media famous, they instantly lose their fucking mind? Yeah. Like they're, impossible to talk to anymore and it's like for like a thousand followers yeah like that's kind of what happens to dirk in this movie when he starts getting a bit of praise and then all of a sudden in his next movie he's like punching a lady in the face yeah it's interesting how much like it's it's funny to me how much like you start out with such a clear pure vision for yourself and then 
how everybody lets other people fuck that up for them. Like, yeah, it's universal, I think. Yes. Well, I also think that the story of Dirk was kind of interesting in that it wasn't um, it wasn't like a guy who has worked super hard for years and years and years and like, you know, was grinding his way up through the industry. It's a guy who had a huge giant dick and just got to the top immediately. Yeah, that's why I think it's so similar to the instant fame of social media, though. Yeah. It really did seem like he just went viral in the 80s version. Yeah, exactly. But that's kind of the, what, the point that I'm I'm getting at is that, like, he did just go viral, and it, it was... He, 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 it was just talent and no hard work. And then as soon as things started to get a little weird or not just like working for him every single time, like you were saying, as, as soon as, you know, he posts one good stand up clip and then the next couple don't hit or whatever, it's like he panics. Yeah. And then he just starts doing fucking blow and doing all this other shit and then just spirals his career even harder as opposed to buckling down and figuring figuring out what the next step is for him. Yeah, because and that's kind of the bad thing about this movie or not not the bad thing about this movie. That's this is another kind of bad thing that this movie touches on is um, uh, I think of the a lot of a lot of artists, I feel like and maybe this just goes for people, but I've noticed it specifically in my comedy is that uh, I'll change and then I'll panic because I'm not who I used to be. And uh, I know that that person who I used to be was, you know, they could you know do stand up like this and it would be really fucking funny and crush or whatever mm-hmm. and now that's not working anymore and now i'm like oh what the fuck but really it's like no i just need to figure out what's next for me and move you know move i i guess you know fucking change and flow with how i am i'm explaining this badly but you know yeah you grow as an artist you can't stay stagnant you can't always be the guy who you were when you started and that's kind of what this movie gets at when the new guy uh, the new young stud starts and Dirk panics because, you know, he sees that guy taking his role. And it's like, no, that's not even who you are anymore, bro. Yeah. There's a lot of art artist parallels, a lot of like keeping your head on straight messages in this movie. Like, I feel like it's mostly about like making sure stuff doesn't go to your head at the end of the day. Yes. But also, I think none of the characters in this movie would have been successful if nothing went to their head. Yeah, that's... Because, I mean, this movie literally ends with Dirk looking at his dick in the mirror being like, you're the best, you're the best, you're the best, and then putting it away in credits roll. So it's like, did he really learn anything? Or has anything changed? Or, But that was already in his head before he even started porn. He already knew he had the best penis ever. No, he didn't. Yeah, when he was, like, hanging out with his girlfriend in the 70s, they were talking about how awesome his penis was. I mean, but he didn't think that it was. I think it was, like, the same... I mean, he just, like... He thought it was normal, I think, to an extent. I mean, like, I'm just thinking about the oh, scene... Oh, that's true, yeah, I'm thinking yeah. about the scene where um, he, he takes out his dick for uh, the, the the colonel, the porn producer, mm. Um and uh, he's like, I I hear you have a big giant cock, and he's like, Oh, I guess so. Yeah, that's true. But uh, you know, you look you look you know later on when he's more established, and he's can't stop talking about his big giant cock. Yeah. What do you think would have went better for him though, if he like if he went the path he went, which is believing that he has the best cock ever, or if he had tried to stay humble and kept telling himself he didn't have the best cock ever. 
I think it's a slippery slope. I think you have to, I, I, I don't think either are going to be a happy person. Cause I mean, like, let's relate this back to stand up. Do you think it's better to be a guy who is ignorant, but sucks shit at stand up, but is perfectly happy. You know, he, he can go up on stage for 10 minutes, get one laugh and be like, God damn, that was tight. Or do you think it's better to be a guy who goes up and crushes, but hates himself? Well, I mean, better for what? Like, that's that's depends. and that's the thing. I mean, like, really, both of their opposite ends of the spectrum, and what you want is somewhere in the middle, yeah. where you can be a guy who you know is realistic about the, his skill set that he has, but is also you know willing to put in work and you know also look at his flaws critically, but also accept the dubs and be happy about that. So I think it's uh, I don't know. Maybe you could argue that who he is at the end of the movie is the ideal version of that. You just don't see enough of uh, what happens after to get a concrete answer. Yeah, I mean, he definitely has his confidence back. Like, definitely you want to, you have to let a little bit of your own talent or your own whatever go to your head. Otherwise, you'll just never have any confidence. I don't know even what I'm saying now. Yeah, I think that, um, I think it's a weird cautionary tale for artists, and there's no right answer either. Like, that's what I like about this movie a lot is there's no, like, I can't really pick a thing he should have done differently that would have made everything fine. Yeah, and that's the thing. You can say, like, maybe he shouldn't have done, you know, he shouldn't have been doing blow, he shouldn't have been doing partying, but it's also like, what do you expect? That's yeah. what this is. This is what the industry that you wanted to get into was, and I don't know. I mean, I guess the blow, yeah, you could you could argue that, like, he should have not done that. You could say that that's, like, a symbol of excess and success or whatever, which I think it typically is uh, people... Or at least that's how it's used in films is people having, or it's kind of, uh, that's kind of an interesting point is how blow in movies is often used to show people who have way too much money for their own good. But yeah, I don't know. It's a, edit that out. That went nowhere. Yeah. I don't know. Do you think that the blow symbolizes something in this movie or do you think it's just, just, it is just blow. He's just doing blow. I mean, it probably I don't is think just, it really is a symbol. I, I think that it's. I mean, I think that it's just kind of utilized in his um, uh, his his big fall or his spiral down. I think that it's just kind of a an easy way to show that hey, this guy's fucked up. Yeah. It's less of an interesting movie if instead of doing blow, he just withdraws from all of his relationships and is really hard to get a hold of for a couple months. Yeah, that's fair. But I also think that um, yeah, no, it would have. It's like probably the only way they could do it. But I don't really think it's a symbol. Just based on like how that's what actually happens to corrupt most people's dreams is like most of the stars that are blowing up and then go off course you hear about it's like literally just because of cocaine no okay that's yes you're yeah you're probably right about that i mean yeah i guess i guess maybe it's just a symptom of fame then maybe it's not a a symbol for the for the uh fall from grace that's just it that is what it is yeah our cocaine of the modern day, you know what that is? What? Likes. I think it's still blow. I still know a bunch of people who are doing blow in this modern day and age. I just photoshopped that sentence over a picture posted on Facebook, and I'm already viral. So I can't shirt. even talk on this podcast anymore. <laughs> so fuck this podcast, then. Fuck you and fuck your podcast and your blow. I'm doing Dirk Diggler yeah, when nice. he's... Um, when he's lashing out at Jack Horner. Yeah. 
Um, I really liked how this movie portrayed the people who were uh, in porn just for the money. Like who? Like I liked how there was that kind of dichotomy between uh, the cast and you know, like the cast of the movie about like the people like uh, Julianne Moore and uh, Mark Wahlberg and Jack Horner who are in porn till the end. Like this is what their dream was. And then there was but people like think... Reed and uh, uh, the other guy who are just doing it as a day job. Yeah, I think that um, Jack was in it till the end. He was. Just... But he was in it mostly to make money, and then I think... Jack was in it to make art, I would say. Really? It seemed to me like he was a money guy. I don't think that he was. I think he was a success guy, definitely. I think that he wanted recognition. But he was also doing brand new stuff with porn. He was trying to revolutionize That's it. the thing. He so, has yeah. that whole big speech about how he wants to revolutionize this and make it so that people watch the movies even after they've already busted. Which did not happen, by the way. Nobody's watching a porn after they've already yeah. busted. You want me to sit in my own cum? Fuck you, yeah, dude. The Fuck only you time... and everything you stand for, bitch. Yeah, the only time I've watched a porn to not bust was a Spider-Man porn parody where I heard that they do the upside-down kissing scene, but they suck his dick instead. One time in grade 11, me and my friend watched a hentai video from start to finish together just to experience different culture yeah we just wanted to know what they were watching over there (laughs) (laughs) over better sense for the overseas over there in the united states (laughs) i don't think that's really a thing anywhere else (laughs) (laughs) um fuck but like yeah that's what i was saying i don't think the people who you said are in it till the end are actually just in it for porn because even dirk he's mostly just in it like at first he gets in it for money and then he uh, stays in it because he wants to become a star. It seemed like to me. Yeah. Yeah. You're probably right. Cause I mean, he even starts playing an action hero in the porn. He starts being all violent and like he, he's like a cop in the porns and he's shooting people. Yeah. I guess porn was really just a vehicle for him to feel successful and that he belonged somewhere then. Like, I think he wanted stardom more than anything. I think he just wanted to be special. Yeah, honestly, you're probably right about that because that was the big. Th- that was um. That was, I think, how he uh, left his mom. Was him yell or uh, he came home after uh, having the first fuck scene with Roller Girl at Jack Horner's house while he watched, mm-hmm. uh, and then he comes home uh, to his mom and she's like yelling about how he's you know does nothing and has no talent or he's not talented. Yeah, and I think he literally yells that he's special and that he has stuff going on. Yeah, and then there's a, there's one at least once he gets into an argument with someone because they call him a, they refer to him as a porn star and he calls himself an actor. That's true. They always did call themselves actors through that movie. Yeah, which I guess yeah. So it seemed to me like he was chasing something bigger than his own penis. You're probably right. That was kind of a nice expression. That was a good expression. (laughs) I mean, yeah, you definitely might be right, but I think that for him, his path was through porn. Oh, yeah. No, I definitely think in practice. But that's my earlier point about realizing, like, about having a dream and then having it whittled down by life or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, and th- yeah, that's kind of been a very interesting thing is uh, having to get little or you know more realistic about your dream depending on what the world actually is. Yeah, but I'm still going to become the next Joe Rogan. That dream's never changed. I'm going to become the next Alex Jones or Dr. Oz as but long only, as I'm selling supplements, I'm happy. I only want to be Joe Rogan in the stand-up sense. I could care less about the podcast. I only want to be Joe Rogan in the he sells supplements sense. I want to be Joe Rogan in the sense that all my jokes are tweets from two years ago. 
I want to be Joe Rogan in the sense that I will still hump a stool on Netflix. I want to be Joe Rogan in the sense that all my podcast guests are on the CIA payroll. I want to be Joe Rogan in the sense that I'm 5'3". Is he 5'3"? Joe Rogan's only 5'2". You're lying. Hey, Siri. (laughs) You're doing a bit. How tall is Joe Rogan? Put the mic. (laughs) (laughs) Man, that's still way too short for a guy to be like... (laughs) I don't know. That's my height. You can't be like, I don't know. You can't be. Yeah. How does that feel to not have for Joe Rogan to not have a reach advantage against you? You can't bow hunt elk and also be in the same fight class as me. That's what I don't like about guys who bow hunt and use guns. It's like you don't have what it takes to fight a deer face to face. (laughs) I don't think you should be allowed to hunt unless I could look at you and think like, yeah, I bet you could kill a deer. Well, that's the thing about Joe Rogan is even though he's 5'7", I do think he could kill a deer with his bare hands. I don't think he could. I think a deer could kick his ass. Really? Because he's so slender he could move through the bushes way faster than a deer. What do you think slender is? Uh, It's like having a good body. (laughs) (laughs) That man is not slender. (laughs) All right. Uh, Anyway. Back to the. I don't want to talk about Joe Rogan's body. Um, <laughs> um, do you think what is Joe Rogan's penis like? Do you think weird? I can't imagine that all the HGH and testosterone has been kind to his penis and balls. I don't know if the audience is going to get that. But. Uh, do you know? Uh, you, <laughs> oh, hey, you know what was a really very specific vibe in this movie that I related to a lot? Uh, what? Uh, the very ending scene where they try and. Uh, so basically, like, can you stop texting? Yeah, sorry. That's okay. So I had to send that. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> so at, at probably the rock bottom of this movie, uh, Reed and uh, uh, fucking Mark Wahlberg's character have this weird drug dealer friend now. And they uh, try and they show up, pull up to this drug house to try and rob them. Yeah, And before they do that, they're all just, like, sitting on the couch, and there's, like, this weird drug dealer there who's, like, going on a weird monologue while he's, like, smoking meth. And there's a guy behind him throwing firecrackers, and they're all listening to classic rock. Yeah, I've never been in that room, but I've felt the vibe of that room before. Oh, brother. Have you... You get what I'm saying? (laughs) Where you've been to a party, and, like, there's so much (laughs) uncertainty going on that the only thing you're sure of is that you are not safe. Yeah. Man, one time in high school... My favorite party I ever went to was, like, we all just got, like, way too drunk. And it was, like, one of those ones where no one's being careful about where they post the address oh, of yeah. the party. And then, so everybody's, like, way too fucked. It's, like, one thirty in the morning. And then all these, like, the biggest... They probably weren't big in real life, but I was so fucked that they just looked so big. Like, these four, like, biggest kids that I've ever seen from Edmonton came in, and they're from the big city. We're from Sherwood Park, right? So already we're feeling a little scared of them. Oh, yeah. You know? And uh, and then I just remember being like, okay, I do not trust this situation at all. I'm going to end it one way or another. So I smashed a bottle, and I was like, get the fuck out, or I'm going to start <laughs> swinging this. And then- <laughs> Man, I should be dead right now, but like, yeah, that felt like that kind of vibe where yeah. you're just like, I gotta handle this, yeah, or exactly. no one else will. <laughs> exactly like that. Or, yeah, no, yeah, I've I've been. For me, it was when uh, I pulled up to a party, and the guy, a man named Nick, who is currently in oh. jail, open open the door, and uh, wait, currently in jail? I believe like now? so. I think he is. Oh, I, I thought you meant currently in terms of the story. No, no, no he but, was out at okay. this point. Uh, but I edit out that full name. A man, 
Dude, I know before I edited that's a this man up, that I'm genuinely afraid of. So the I know that's insane. And then he scares you. He's terrifying. <laughs> well, we were like, I just remember this was like before this story. Actually, this or that. But anyway, there was a point where we were like walking one time and just like having casual. He was like a friend of some of other my friends. Yeah. And I was like, you know, trying to make it work with this guy. So we were just like talking. And he was like, yeah, you know, if I went to jail for all the assaults I did. I would never get out. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, yeah, sick, bro. So anyway, where's this Petro Canada? Like we were just going to get snacks and he's telling me that shit. But I pull up to this party and he opens the door and he doesn't say, hey, welcome to the party. He's like, we only have four beer or we only have one case of beers, but we have a bunch of Xanax. So that makes each beer like four beers. Yeah, that's awesome. And then the funniest thing about those situations is, like, I am so down to stay in them. I was down at the beginning, and then it got to a certain point where I was like, should I call my mom? Like, another thing that always happens to me is uh, there's this there's this guy who I know who that's his job, and every time I go over to his house, he pulls out his gun and shows it to me like he just bought it brand new. And, uh, like, that's a very similar to the vibe from that movie yes. where you just... You're like, oh, I can't run, but God damn it, I should. Cool. <laughs> yeah, said, exactly. But yeah, and it's that's so funny thing. because I never get used to the gun. Like, oh yeah, man, and it's oh, that's such a funny, weird, specific vibe that I don't know if a lot of people have experienced. And quite frankly, I feel like uh, anybody who I'm friends with has. Yeah. That's true. Like, I don't want to hang out with you if you've never been trapped. And don't you kind of get that? Like, have you ever gone on a date with a girl and you're like chatting and it's like, oh, you've never been trapped somewhere. (laughs) It's like, oh, you've just had an easy life where you could leave somewhere you didn't feel safe. Well, I disagree with you. I don't think women should ever be trapped personally. Uh, Okay, that's beautiful of you to think that we live in that kind of world. But... Um, All I'm saying is people get trapped. You can read it in someone's eyes where you're just like, Oh, you've never, like, had to just, like, take a back seat and pray. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, like when, like, yeah. It's been a lot of times where there was no out of the situation for me, so I just had to hope it all worked out. Exactly. It's like, yeah. Yeah, there's certain guys who you talk to. Yeah. And and you know that they've never had to do quick thinking. They've never had to locate the exits. Oh, I don't even have to do quick thinking ever, though. I just have to, like, shut up usually. Oh, that's pretty good. I usually have to think, like, okay, how am I getting out of this? I've never, I, maybe I've just been in scary. Ones. I've never escaped anything. Like, have you ever had to run away from something other than cops? But like, yes. One time, uh, uh, a friend of mine and I uh, ate mushrooms and then went to a concert. And then after the concert, we were just like on mushrooms in the middle of downtown, and we were like wandering around the city and walked down an alley and like came across a guy getting the like an unconscious man getting the shit kicked out of him. Yeah. Uh, and then the guy who was kicking the shit out of him saw us walk in on that, and then he was like, drop that guy and started coming after us, and then that was a situation I had to escape from. Dude, I would... Like, if I'm in that situation regular style, maybe I'm running, but if I'm in that situation mushroom style, I'm giving up. Oh, man, on mushrooms... I'm just like, God... You you planned this. You drew it out perfectly. You executed it. You got what you wanted, big man. I'm I'm going down. That was uh, the, the, when that happened. That was the most I ever understood. Like I heard this theory of evolution where it was that people eating mushroom or monkeys eating mushrooms gave them like better visual acuity and made them <laughs> more in tune with survival and shit like that. I, I th- think yes, that's true. 
When that happened to me, all like you know how like when you're on mushrooms, you're creative and you're like, what if the world was you know a square, for example? And, yeah. You know, you're thinking about crazy shit that's wrong and nobody should ever think about. <laughs> but it's like when you're in a, a survival situation, all of that creativity is funneled to how you're going to get out of it alive. So how did you get out of it? Running really fast. <laughs> so <laughs> it took no creativity at no, all. Almost, no, but I feel like it would. I would have if. Uh, like honestly, if I wasn't on mushrooms, I think I probably would have froze or think thought like, should I do something? Should I save this guy's <laughs> life? If nobody does, if if I don't do something, who will? But when I was on mushrooms, yeah. I was just like, go behind, go backwards. I'm sorry in advance to anybody, all the listeners, but if I ever encounter you getting the shit kicked out of you in an alley. There's no way I'm saving your life. <laughs> Even if I tried to, I'm not going to, so I won't try. <laughs> um, um, I really like how uh, Jack Horner's low point of this movie was uh, inventing the bang bus, but opposite genders. Uh, riddle me that. So you've heard of the bang bus where uh, the porn series where guys go around and pick up girls to fuck. It's always porn stars, but they pretend like it's a random stranger off the street. Yeah, yeah. Jack Horner invents that, but he's like, let's make that one anymore. We got the porn. We got the lady porn star. Let's just get some random dude, which I really (laughs) like kind of goes along with his whole weird philosophy of porn making, which is the man is the star of it. We're only watching it for the guy. Did you think that's what he was doing there? I kind of thought that was him making the woman the star. I mean, maybe, I know. I, I mean, maybe if you're only looking at that sequence, but like, I'm just talking about his whole philosophy of porn making through the movie is that the man is the star. Yeah. You, the audience member, are relating to the man. You're watching the movie. It's like... I feel like the way that he feels like you watch movies is by staring at the man's penis and thinking, man, that must feel so good what he's doing with that right <laughs> now. God, I wish that were my penis. But it's like, <laughs> no, that's not. <laughs> or you're like looking at the guy and you're like, I bet that must feel so good for him right now. It's like, I'm not trying to relate with the protagonist when I watch porn. I'm yeah. trying to forget about him as much as I can. So funny that his goal is revolutionizing porn, but then also he's just like, we're only making it for half the population. Yeah. We would never make it for everyone. Well, what is half the population here? It's just like people, it's not even gay or straight or whatever. It's just like people with a very specific taste in porn like i feel like jack Horn. you ever watch a porn where like it's like pretty good you're get whatever it's like just you know regular porn it's a video of a girl fucking and then all of a sudden it cuts to the man's face as he's busting and it's like why did you put that in i've never watched one of those because i don't really make it to when the guy busts usually oh that's weird of you how's that weird that's really strange handling my business in an efficient manner that's fucked Getting shit done. Insane. Of taking you. out the trash. When you're taking out the trash, you don't go around the block, too. You Amen. just go straight to the dumpster. If I've got to take out the trash. That's what off is to me. I may as well enjoy taking out the trash. I'm going to take it around the block. I'm going to, I'm gonna, you know, take the scenic route. I'm going to go to a garbage can in a nice neighborhood. I don't want to be catching whiffs of that the whole time. <laughs> that's exactly how I feel about jacking off. <laughs> My shit smells so bad that I have to come immediately. <laughs> Um, I also, I think it's funny that, um, there was so much cocaine in this movie 
because like it could you can think of it as like a symbol for excess or whatever but you can also just take it literally and just think about how like damn the porn industry probably wouldn't exist if it wasn't for cocaine a lot of industries wouldn't exist if it wasn't for that's cocaine. what i'm saying like the stock market the oil industry bro do you know how disheartening drug it's been dealer to do? industry i mean look at comedy look at how many success like how many of the most successful and prolific comedians were just cokeheads yeah, Robin Williams was like Robin the king Williams, of Robin Williams, King Farley, or Chris Farley. I mean, Mulaney now. Like, so many people have just fucking turned out to just be on a ton of blow the whole time. Yeah, Mulaney now feels like a rude joke. That feels like a rude joke also. I should edit that one out, please. But it's, I mean, but you get what I'm, like, I mean, that's just kind of been a disheartening thing for me is, like, seeing all these fucking people who I thought were just great, and now it turns out, like, oh, man, can I even do this without being on blow the whole time? But... Yeah, I mean, that's a it's good for the bit, but I also think that like those guys were just hilarious without blow. You no, yeah. I mean, you're definitely Because they weren't right. always doing blow for their whole careers. And then also, how many other blow guys do you know that just don't have any bits? Yeah, that's... let alone bits, they can't even riff. No, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right. It's definitely a very slippery slope. I feel like there's a uh, definitely kind of a, a, a honeymoon stage when people start doing blow where it just enhances their comedy and then eventually the blow gets... But I think the most even society ever was was around the 80s when Old Robin was popping off because that's when everyone was on blow. You're right, but it was before we had the consequences of it. it, it <laughs> honestly, if it's like Germany at the start of the war when they were just like really jacked soldiers on meth before yeah. they ended up having to be meth heads fighting a war. Everybody was like, oh, this Hitler guy's making a lot of sense. And then six years later, they came down off meth and they're like, what the fuck was I doing? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was just stealing bits. <laughs> exactly like that, bro. Um, you feel like there's too much slurping and sloshing in non-sex contexts for this movie? I feel like... Every... I didn't notice a lot of... Can you... Everything they eat or drink slurps and sloshes in this movie. That's so... I did not notice any of that. It, really? <laughs> <laughs> How bad was that for you? I don't know. Man, it was like... It's written down in my notes. <laughs> so it's gotta be... That's... <laughs> it's gotta be pretty bad. I don't know. I just felt like there was way too much licking. Like, too much mouth sounds for a movie that already had a lot of mouth sounds. You know what I mean? That's a fair criticism to have, <laughs> but I just think that's an insane thing to be like, be like, man, if Mark Wahlberg smacks his mouth one more time, I'm turning this shit off. <laughs> <laughs> it's in my notes from the first time I watched it, too. <laughs> it's not even the second round so when I first, noticed That's it. not like it was, it, it's been grating on you after five hours. I'm like 45 nights. minutes into the movie at this point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's. I don't know, it's bro. like the fifth thing I wrote down, and the first three were those intro bits. <laughs> yeah, that's insane. <laughs> oh, man. I can't say I relate to that one. I think the world of the 80s and 90s, I know we've said this before, but goddamn if it isn't just the perfect world. Like right before everyone started getting the consequences of all the cocaine they were doing, yeah. like 
but it's, selling radios in a store where that's the store's only purpose bro, can you even imagine that i mean it's all of that i mean it's like that it's the amount we could pollute and have dope cars and all that shit but yeah but i mean just the jobs back then like everything seems like it's a gag that i don't get i'm gonna open a yeah you're right i'm the fact that he just wanted to open a store that only sold radios and the fact that being a porn star was impeding him from doing that what a <laughs> life don Cheadle. <laughs> Hey, also that's that character's um that that whole character's uh plot or character arc, I guess, uh really reminded me of that Wings of Redemption streamer. I like oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like that that was almost identical. Explain to the folks at home the parallel. Okay, so I don't know if you guys have heard of Wings of Redemption before. If you're a fan of the show, almost certainly you have. <laughs> um but Wings of Redemption was a Call of Duty streamer, or sorry, Call of Duty YouTuber who started off like at the beginning of uh, Modern Warfare. He was one of the first guys to add commentary to his videos. Back when trick shotting was allowed. Exactly. And they weren't so, censoring us trick shotting. Precisely. And uh, so he, he, he ended up getting like a pretty decent YouTube following going, but it ended up uh, he just, you know, would always rage at people and trolls would just fuck with them. And so his whole. Uh, he kind of had a bit of a downfall and he he peaked like years ago and he's just kind of been chasing that peak since then. And he's at a point now where he hates streaming so much, but uh, he he makes more doing that than he would doing any other job. So he just has to keep streaming. And it's kind of funny to tune in occasionally and watch him play Rainbow Six Siege and just be completely passionless about it. <laughs> and that's how Don Cheadle's character felt in this movie. It was very Sisyphusian, a man who was in a situation. Well, it's, it was almost like Sisyphus, but instead of pushing a rock up a hill, he was just fucking. Like, you, where you, like, really almost envy him, but, like, you talk to him and you're like, I just want to open up a radio store so badly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, he doesn't want to be a porn star at all. He's just more successful as a porn star than anything else. So it is like Sisyphus, because he's living a lot of guys' dreams, but he doesn't know how to enjoy it. I probably which do is know what a lot of guys who would just love to show push boulders up hills all day long that is a new one though i don't think we've done sisyphus yet yeah i have i thought about that on the way over here i haven't we haven't compared anything to sisyphus yet so and i would just like to continue my trend speaking of that reminder you just gave me uh i think dirk's story is a lot like icarus yeah you think he was flying too close to the hole yeah he was flying too close to the hole full of cocaine <laughs> and then he accident he got too so he got so close to it that he sniffed it by accident <laughs> and that smell caused his downfall oh man um you know i really liked uh back to the cocaine dealer who was kind of nameless i really like how they added that guy into the movie yeah you notice how that guy just kind of showed up and then he's got like a way too kind of close relationship with the two protagonists who you've been with through this whole movie yeah and then there's all of a sudden just this fucking guy there who's got a gun and bad ideas yeah i mean i think that's like really similar to just how drug dealers are like, no you're right I they mean, always I just, just materialize like you always end up at one's house you never plan exactly to go there. i just thought that was a very funny thing and like i've never done 
or gotten into blow personally, but like when some of my friends were into blow, I remember just their drug dealers would show up and start hanging out with us. Right. And they would talk <laughs> like with comedians, they would just come up to you and talk to you like they knew you. I know. And, and it, like I would talk to, to them like it was like one of those things where it was like, did I forget that I met this yeah, guy? Yeah, I'd a while have to ago? like fake remember them all the time. And then I just have to, and then someone's like afterwards, like, oh yeah, thanks for being cool. I know that guy's kind of a pain in the ass. Yeah. Someone comes <laughs> up to you, they're like, good thing you didn't disrespect that guy he's not the one to fuck with and you're like who is he (laughs) explain who he is and what he does (laughs) i can't do that man but thanks for being chill about it (laughs) they're like i can't do that but i also need you to drive me to his house oh man yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah man this movie really nailed the portrayal of drug dealers in this and, and drug like, guys. Yeah, just drug guys and that whole culture and like that weird kind of I love how they really they really nailed how it starts off as like a fun and like we're going to get some cocaine and it'll be we're going to have a crazy night and then it it's to the point where it's like not fun and it's like getting scary. Yeah. And it's just yeah, wow, they really nailed that exactly. Yeah, they it's a really like and they take you on a ride that feels real. His downfall, yeah. That, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like his downfall is so well done in this movie. Yeah, it's uh, I've never really I don't think we've seen a downfall done this well. No, I mean this is I feel like this. Imagine is, I've seen this downfall before, not in this movie, but like with just people that I've known. Yeah, but imagine like if they incorporated Dirk's downfall traits, like what happens is his downfall into Wall Street, and that's Charlie Sheen's character's downfall from stockbroking. Yeah, woo crazy i mean i think that probably would have hit home with a lot more people i think this is uh this movie so effectively communicates the too much of a good thing is a bad thing uh, lesson maybe that's the central theme of it actually i mean it is this movie's yeah it's about spiraling it's about getting too into something i think this is also we've talked about this has been a theme on our show before i think this is about the importance of having a hobby and having some other shit going on and not having uh, just this one aspect of who you are be the be-all and end-all in your life. I think that's where shit starts to get fucked up. Because yeah. when Dirk stops being a successful porn star, or at least when he stops perceiving himself to be the number one porn star, he has no identity anymore. It's not like he's a you know a father or a, a, a I mean, or a fucking... Uh, it's not like he has a any solid relationships. It's not like he has any fucking hobbies. Like if he was into woodworking or tools even. Yeah. Like he could have had some other shit going on that wasn't this. Yeah, it's interesting like people when they decide what they want to do, like they want to be singularly focused on it and that's probably like the worst thing you could do. One of the worst like for it. But it's it's weird that it's like almost a natural thing or at least for me like wanting to do stand up that was like just the natural thing I felt like I was supposed to do is just only write jokes all day. And maybe that's like a stage in the process of following your dream. Cause that's definitely how I was at the start of me doing stand up too. But at a certain point I felt like I kind of hit a wall doing that. No, that shit ruined my life. Like yeah. my, my shit is in shambles right now. Yes. But then like, covid happened and forced me to get hobbies which was good that was really good for me too and i honestly think that i would be in a much worse place if covid didn't happen and i was just having to ride this eventual roller coaster of you know comedy becoming fucked for whatever reason and me having to deal with having no personality i don't know i i I really related to a lot of this movie yeah which i feel cool saying about a movie about a guy who is the world's biggest penis yeah i only related to that part still 
Um, but all the other things that we're talking about right now, I see how someone else could hypothetically <laughs> relate to them. <laughs> um, it does tell me a little something about the importance of not making your goal the only thing about you. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Do you think our parents learned anything from this movie? Yeah, but it's buried in here. I think... Uh... Probably the biggest lesson my parents specifically took away from this movie. I don't know if they did watch this, but if they did, they learned not to follow their dreams, I would say. Yeah. I just very distinctly one time rem- uh, remember when I was a kid, I was just in the school play. I was uh, We did Macbeth. I was King Malcolm. Mm-hmm. And uh, I told my dad, I was like, I think I might want to be an actor. And we were driving. And he was like, no son of mine is going to become an actor. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like you saw what happened to your aunt and like i have this one aunt who's like a mildly successful like she's a working actor and like i think oh that's cool she was using her here he was using her as like a cautionary tale and like me looking at her life now i'm like no i think it'd be pretty cool to be in a couple video games yeah i think that would be chill yeah i mean that's the other weird thing i've been thinking about a bit lately is um just like the scale of people's dreams, like uh, like Dirk wanted to be the biggest star in the world, he yeah. said. And like I feel like that's what a lot of people think they want for themselves. And then you actually start chasing your your uh, shit or whatever you get to like, even in like not entertainment jobs, but I'm using that as the example, like you get to become an actor and then like you realize you don't really care about like trying to be in the biggest, you don't care about trying to be an avatar. Like you yeah. just want to do voice work in video games and that's like fine. But for some reason there's like an attitude people have of like, if you're not the best and the biggest in your field, then why are you even in that field? Well, I think it's all these people who have never done anything with themselves before and they justify it by being like, Oh, well I knew I wasn't going to be Tom Cruise. So like, what's the point? And it's like, well, it, you're just, I don't know. It's like doing the point is that you you're like doing something that point. you like. And yeah, exactly. That you're spending your days being happy and chasing fucking projects and passion. You know, shit that gets you excited. I've always said this. Not killing yourself is the point of life. Yeah, you're right. And so, if you can, like, who, who fucking cares if you're making money or having kids or whatever? As long as every day you're happy, man, you're doing better than almost everybody. Yeah. But it's like it's a weird. I think it's a weird society thing that like. But I think I, people... it is definitely a weird society thing, and I feel like it's rooted in everybody's insecurity and almost jealousy of people who are actually pursuing the things that they want to do, regardless of uh, societal pressure. And you know, maybe it, people who see, like I had this one cousin uh, growing up who. Uh, my parents always kind of used him as like a cautionary tale. Like, Oh, you don't want to be like uh, this guy, you know, he's just, just working at his uh, retail job and that's all he does. And it's like, okay, but this guy, like he just found a job that would cover his bills and then he would just like fucking mountain climb and do outdoor shit all the rest of his time. Yeah. It's like, this guy doesn't need money to be happy. And I it, feel like people are just jealous about that. Yeah. People, people think like success is anything like, Success is your own thing that you decide in your own body. Exactly, like, It's nobody's place to judge someone else's success, even though I'm going to do it still constantly. Yeah, and that's something that I'm always kind of trying to check myself on. 
Yeah. Yeah, because, like, really, the only point of life is, well, not killing yourself. So anything that makes you want to do that less is obviously good. That's the right thing to do. Um, I think this movie taught her parents to come first, ask questions later, because during that scene where they're having sex and she's like, come in me. And he's like, are you sure? And she's like, I'm on birth control. Don't worry. And then he does. Uh, what she actually says is that she's fixed. Oh, which is way worse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a funny implication. Just implying that she was broken before, you know, like a dog. Anyway, actually, <laughs> I'll change my lesson. I think this movie taught her parents that uh, if she can get pregnant, she's incorrect. <laughs> and if she can't, it's a wild takeaway to have from this movie. <laughs> well, I just think that language is problematic, and okay. I realized my other joke wasn't going to work halfway through saying it. And I can't just abandon this scene now, can I? Well, thanks for barrel rolling out of that, then, sir. Yeah, Good no job. Worries. I fucking landed on my feet easily. Maybe. Um, let me ask you this: Why do you think his mom hates him? Because to me, it seems like it's only that he's stupid. Yeah, uh, Paul Thomas Anderson actually has said that he didn't think that he set up or set that up very well. That he actually, because I mean, you don't know. I think that's that's left very very vague. Um, all you see is a mom that's uh, you know pretty domineering and kind of resentful of her son mm-hmm. who's doing something that she doesn't really understand. And it was kind of weird to me watching this movie that both times that I saw it, I didn't. I guess all three times that I saw it, like I didn't. Even, like, the first time way long ago when I watched it. Like, I didn't... I didn't even register that that wasn't... That they weren't giving enough backstory into why the mom was furious and always screaming at you. I just feel like that... I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it. you don't need to, right? You don't like need it to know. Just, I get that... I get it just the, makes sense that that's how The son is being somebody that sometimes. her mom doesn't want him to be, and she's getting crazy at him. I don't know, man. I've had but a... It just felt like... I felt like maybe... They should have explained a little, like you're just right. something, you know. Throw you're, something no, you're at me. without a doubt, absolutely right. Because it's that's like even, I just felt like it's she only hated him because he was stupid, but it's like he's still fucking. Like the only point of getting smart is so you can fuck in yeah, the future. I think it was mostly. I, I, I actually, I kind of uh, this kind of almost reminded me of uh, me smoking weed as a kid and my parents being so against that, and me just like. Having our sensibilities be so completely far apart from each other that we can't even come to a conclusion or, you know, we can't even meet in the middle because like neither of us can really see where the other person's coming from Yeah, on the issue. And I think that was kind of how it felt here. It just wasn't explained well. And I think the only reason that scene was good for me is just because I've had a strained relationship with my parents in the past. Yeah. I mean, I think everybody does like i think when you're going through your old personal growth phase whenever that is because it hits everyone at a different time but like i think everybody has clashes like that with their parents not that intense usually i feel but yeah i don't know i think i don't think he needed to explain i just kind of wish he did no you're right and i think that even if you were to ask him about that he would say that he wishes he explained that better too yeah that's i didn't know he said that though that's interesting so you're saying that I am on par with one of the world's most famous directors. In yeah, I'm saying, I'm saying that you're getting better at reviewing movies <laughs> and watching them. Uh, also, this movie was a short film before. Uh, so Paul Thomas Anderson's thought of this movie and the character of Dirk Diggler when he was like 17. 
yeah. and then shot it as a short film a little later uh, after that. And originally in the movie, Dirk dies in the end. Like this movie is the rise and fall. I thought he was going to die. I thought he was too. I mean, this mo- like originally the short film version of this, it was the rise and fall and then death at rock bottom of Dirk Dickler. Which do you think would have been a more effective movie to drive home what this is trying to say? Um, I don't know because I think I'm biased for this question because I just like it when the main character dies. I think that's powerful as fuck, to be honest. And I honestly think that if he had got shot in that drug dealer's house and just died on the floor and then the credits rolled, that would have have been powerful as hell to me. Yeah. Um, But I'm also glad that most movies don't do that because then that effect wouldn't hit me. Yeah. So I don't know, but I do think that if he had died, it would have been a stronger end. Maybe. I also don't like cliffhangers really, and I feel like ha- having the main character die is the ultimate non-cliffhanger. Yeah, you're right. You're definitely right about that. It is a pretty concrete ending, but I I don't know. I kind of like the uh, that this movie hinted, or you know, it, it'll it was pro redemption. Yeah, I like. I like that it's pro-redemption. I just, I don't love hinting at redemption at the end. You know what I mean? Yeah, I get that. But also, this movie was fucking two and a half hours long. Like, this was a long movie that almost didn't, it was one of those movies that, like, didn't need to be as long as it was. I don't fault it. Like, I enjoyed literally every second of this movie. Mm -hmm. But it it didn't need to be as long as it was to tell the story it told. No, I I felt I had to stop it halfway through and like go for a walk and yeah. come back. Um but that was also part cuz of the horniness partly. Um Oh yeah, cuz I wanted to say about redemption like it's like I get I think the reason why most movies only hint at redemption when they're doing this kind of arc is um because it's so hard to show like what redemption would actually look like. Yeah. But I think that's why it's lame to only hint at it because it's like it just feels kind of taking the easy way out a little bit to me. But then you could also definitely say that about if he died at the end. So yeah. I, don't, I don't know. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it's probably you're I, I actually agree with you there. I don't think it's the most satisfying ending. And I think he probably could have done the redemption thing a little more concrete. It almost is a little lazy just to have it like that. I have always I don't know if I've said it on this podcast, but I have always hated when films leave the ending up for interpretation. Yeah, I do. I do. uh, I don't know. Sometimes I like it, but the majority of the times I get a little pissed. I I almost always get pretty pissed off about it unless it's like the guys, the director's just trying to be abstract about something. Yeah. Because I always feel like, tell me the story like you're that's your job. Yeah. Tell me the story. Like, I'm cool with having to think at the ending or think about the ending to get the point of it. But like. Have there be a point to it? Yeah. I don't like all this shit where it's like a tightly woven 90-minute story or, you know, some sort of tightly woven story you're trying to tell me. And then all of a sudden at the end you're like, and it's whatever you think it is. It's like, no, bitch, I've been thinking what you want me to think for the last hour. Yeah. Take me home. Yeah, I just think that that's kind of tropey to me at this point. I've just seen so many movies that end on a what do you think or a cliffhanger or a yeah. maybe he did, maybe he didn't kind of thing that it's just a little... I don't know. I just I'm just a little disappointed every time I see it no matter I how agree much with I like the movie. But I got to say the disappointment was curbed a little bit when they showed you the penis. 
Yeah, that was kind of nice. That was kind of nice. I, I honestly, I, <laughs> I remember first time watching this, I thought like, man, it'd be kind of funny if, because like they do that thing through the whole movie, whereas every time he takes out his dick, they just like show everyone's reaction to his yeah. dick. And so you like just wonder what it looks. It's like the briefcase. It, it, it would be like if they showed you what was in the briefcase in Pulp Fiction. Yeah. Like how much <laughs> did you want to find out what was in there? <laughs> but in the, like at, at, at the end of it, it'd be nice uh, if they did. And in this movie, they do. They do. Yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah, that's nice. So you, you can't call it a full cliffhanger. Yeah, it's, no, it's not a full. They do definitely have some resolution. It's not all open to interpretation. <laughs> Maybe what if that was what the movie was actually about? In Paul Thomas Anderson's mind, it's a movie where you almost see a guy's dick, and then you do see his dick at the end of it. That's good. Maybe that's what the director was trying to say, that you can see his dick. Yeah. man also you know what pissed me off about this movie is why dirk diggler why in the world why not grave digger why not pussy smasher why not hard fucker why not anything else he says that uh every good porn name has to have two g's in it he says that looks good and he thought the k the sound of a k added to it okay how about this cock jiggler why does it have That's to be an name. alliteration? And why does it have to be Dirk? Alliter- alliter- alliterations stick in people's heads better. That's the same thought process as to why uh, Stanley named all the, or has all his characters' names rhyme. You know what? I agree with your point, but I'm still pissed. That's fair. So I can't really. I gotta concede. say, I think it is an excellent porn name. Yeah, Dirk Diggler. I think that's good. I think that's strong, powerful. I don't know. It just makes me imagine his penis as being so floppy. Doesn't it? Yeah, it's, it definitely Makes me, is. Like, I'm yeah. just picturing like a gas penis. Like it just has no form. Big flopper. I get what you're saying. Not even a like, but not even like a regular big penis though. Like just like extra floppy. Like it, you could probably like fold it three times instead Damn. of just twice. Yeah, probably you could. Don't worry about it. why I know yeah. times <laughs> I can fold my own penis either. I don't know. <laughs> Um, this just says too horny in caps lock. I like that the director just smokes in front of the camera while they film the porns. Like, what did that translate as? Do you think you could see the smoke? I don't know. I mean, it's the seventies. Everyone was smoking all the time. I guess. So a smoky room probably just offset your smoky room. Probably added a certain ambiance, quite frankly. It just evened it out. You think after they got rid of smoking inside, that was when they added fog machines. They were like, oh, something's missing here. That's funny. When do you think fog machines were invented? I think I think it probably lines up exactly. I think I'm you're not going to check, there. but I think I'm right. I think fog machines are made by Philip Morris. Yeah. <laughs> I think Philip Morris makes vapes and fog machines secret. Yeah. You look where their investments lie. Fog machines. A lot of people don't know this, but if you look at the ingredients list in the liquid fog that you put in those machines, nicotine, first Rat thing. Rat poison. Number two. (laughs) Cancer, number three. (laughs) (laughs) Nicotine, rat poison, cancer. Oh, that's a good band name. Yeah, that is. Or like that could be three guys rapper names and we're all in a rap group. Yeah, I'd like to do like a even more insane cloud posse. (laughs) (laughs) I want to do like a Suicide Boys inspired, you know, sad white boy rap group. And that's and we could call it the Suicide Squad. Ooh. And I'll be Harley Quinn and you'll be the Joker. The Suicide Squad with boys. Yep. It's funny when they do the cum shot and then they're like, oh, we didn't get the cum shot. Uh, It looks fucked. And then Dirk's like, oh, don't worry. I can just come again. 
And, and then like, you're like, oh, that's how he's so much oh better God. than everyone else. <laughs> he's so good. <laughs> he can come unlimited times. Uh, can you come unlimited times or you got a limit? I mean, I can come unlimited times. Can I tell you my favorite quote of this movie? Yeah. Also, that's awesome that you said that you can come up one at a time. That's sick, dude. <laughs> my favorite quote of this movie is when he's um, Dirk's showing his uh, the roller skate girl his new house. Yeah. And he opens the door to his bedroom, and she's like, oh, wow. And then he's like, yep, it has that whole karate feel. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I really like that. <laughs> I like that he was just like kind of adjacently into karate at a certain point. Yeah, it was such a weird arc. Like, But that just... was very 80s. Like, I think that was very 70s, 80s. Like, kung fu movies were huge then. People just thought karate ruled. Yeah. Oh, here's my other question that I had is, why do you think their porns started getting so violent? I don't know. Because it, like, transitioned from being just fuck movies to being like they were trying to do action movies. I feel like it's... I mean, yeah, could be that. It could also be them trying to push the envelope, but in weird ways that maybe were horny to the director and nobody else. I have no idea. I can't really speculate on that because I don't know enough about why people try and push that shit. Because, like... That whole, I don't know, that whole subgenre of, like, porn and also, like, That's just true, regular yeah. movies have always made me so uncomfortable and I've had a very hard time watching them that, like, I don't know. I literally don't know why people think That's that. That's a good a, point. It just Unless it's, like, porn. people who are, you know, so not well-adjusted enough to realize that not everybody else finds that horny. Or maybe that was the sensibilities of the time, you know? who's Who the fuck's to say I was born in 1998? Yeah, I really don't know. I didn't get that whole aspect of it all uh, maybe it's just to emphasize that he's going out of control or something yeah or maybe i think it's also c- c- could be that he's like fallen out of the pocket almost like he's i think it's kind of supposed to I, I mean jack horner is supposed to be like an allegory for uh burt reynolds the actor like their careers kind of follow the same parallel where burt reynolds was you know super fucking successful uh, and then he did like put out a string of bad movies and then kind of, you know, disappeared. And his actual redemption was Boogie Nights. This was his first uh, Oscar nomination was this movie. Huh. Um, but um, so I think maybe it was that like it was a guy who, who his best days were behind him and he's nobody's paying attention to what he was putting out or to what he's putting out anymore when what he was putting out now or like when it's. Nobody cares what he's doing now because it's what he was doing before and what he was doing before was working and now it's not. So now he's just fucking trying shit. Like he tried out that weird fucking violent or that uh, action hero porn. Then he was doing that weird bang bust thing. Like, yeah, that's interesting. Do you think that this movie like also might be commenting on uh, like how directors pushing actors are responsible for them snapping? I think it could be that, but I think really it's more just direct. I think it's artists pushing themselves and wanting to be better than they are but and the getting only, pissed off when they're not. The only reason he does any shit that's crazier than just regular sex is because he's told to. Who? Wait. Dirk. The only reason he like does those wilder porns is just because he's getting told to, right? Well, yeah, and I mean, I think also because he sees that as... I don't know. He's trying to push his stardom. He's trying to push the envelope and do something new. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I think that he was just kind of doing what was giving, given to him. That was the trend of the industry. That's where he's going. 
I think it's a it's a harder life than any of us give it credit for, especially me, to be an actor who has no clout. Yeah. I couldn't do that. Like, if you're not one of the guys who can just snap on set and everyone has to deal with that, like, it must be such a hard life because you're just, like, just 16-hour days of listening to some guy and doing it again because you fucked it up. And as soon as you complain about it to anybody, they're like, you're on a fucking movie. Shut yeah. the fuck up. Even your therapist is yeah. like, shut up, you rich asshole. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's probably pretty difficult. And honestly, I still have no sympathy for them. They're yeah, on a no, fucking movie. <laughs> I do not. You're such a bitch, dude. You're such a whore. Um, but yeah, I don't know. If you have more money than your therapist, you're probably just gone, Yeah, I would say. Oh, do you have any closing points you want to make? Oh, you know what's funny? What another good quote was when Dirk's talking about um, he's talking about his uh, the way he fucks, and he's like, he's like, listen, it's not about how to get a girl off; it's about how to get your wife off. He says that. Yeah, that's so funny <laughs> i don't know. <laughs> i not have anything to say that just is one of my top quotes i can't believe that went over my head yeah i mean that's what sold me on this movie washed over me that's when i realized i liked it i i heard that quote and i just started it again <laughs> from the beginning um yeah i don't know i thought this i, I liked this movie i think yeah. overall this was a great uh like a truly great film i think it probably is of all the show business movies i've seen this has been my favorite one and it's not even wildly different to all of them like it's got the same basic plot as like you know shit like the a star is born or whatever of a guy's rise and fall and having to come to terms with not being all that or whatever i just think this does it in a way that's so relatable and the characters are awesome and i don't know this is a very human movie yeah 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 i don't know on the surface i hated it and then once we started talking about it, I realized that I missed a lot by letting the horniness of it close me down. Yes. Which is like interesting because that's what the people who hated this movie when it came out were like probably. But it's definitely like that was the attitude of the time in part of the population when sex stuff was getting more mainstream. Yeah. And I mean, it's certainly the attitude of the population now, like... It's so funny, like, I'll be fucking scrolling through the shithole parts of Reddit and people will be, try like, it's it's very funny seeing how angry people get now about uh, the rise of sex work lately with uh, shit like OnlyFans and things like that. Like, I see a lot of dudes spouting off about how they hate, like, all these women are making, you know, this money and they're doing literally nothing. All they're fucking doing is jacking off on camera and they're clearing $30,000 and, and it's like it, you sound jealous. Yeah. And it's like our thing is selling drugs. Yeah. Go do our thing then. Yeah, exactly. Go do our cheat. But it's all these people who <laughs> like just they see this and they don't respect it and they don't like they don't want to look at all the work that goes into it or what it actually takes to be successful. And they just write you off and then. Yeah. I don't know. They you cast away a lot of cool and interesting people out of fucking society, and I think that yeah, we I need to normalize all that shit and start fucking respecting all those people. Because hey, guess what, bitch, you're horny. It's fucked up that that's still not normal though. Like it's it's so weird how long it takes to make shit normal. Because like it's so frustrating. Horniness to... started in the '70s, and still 
Ben Shapiro's writing think pieces on WAP. It's like, grow well, it's just up, stupid everybody. That it's like all these horny dudes who are criminalizing women for them being horny. Yeah. It's like well, these and fucking... that's the whole. That's like a different thing, yeah, I guess. I guess so, but it's 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 just like yeah, I don't know. It's like these fucking girls wouldn't be, uh, you know, making billions of dollars on OnlyFans if you weren't giving it to them. Sure. Yeah, you're talking about yeah, it. exactly. Like, <laughs> you're the reason people subscribe. Exactly. Yeah. So I don't know. It's weird for me because I do feel grossed out by that shit, but I also just shut the fuck up. Like, I also know that it's... I don't just write a think piece. I, yeah, exactly. It's not me trying to be like, oh, hey, all of you guys should feel weird about this. It's me being like, I don't like that I feel weird about this. How do I get over my own fucking yeah. prudishness and, you know, uh, fix the, you know, weird repressive things that I've grown up? How do I undo 13 years of Catholic school? Yeah, and that's fucked because I didn't even go to Catholic school. Like, I have no inkling on why I get the heebie-jeebies so bad every time there's fucking in a movie. But, yeah, it's something to look into for sure. And it's funny. It's funny how, like, how close I can see myself to being, like, a crazy, like, Christian guy, you know? Because I have all of that in me. The only difference is that I'm aware that I'm the weird guy about it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Instead of, like, projecting your values onto society. Exactly. I'm not trying to make society change to make me feel more comfortable in it. I'm trying to fix myself so I can be a more effective and good person in the world. It's so weird how hard that is, though. Yeah, it's... Shit should just... Self-improvement should be easy. That's my take. Yeah, there should be some sort of app or... There should be, like, a guy that you go to, maybe you pay him, and you sit on a couch across the room from him, and you're like, here's all the things wrong with me, and then he's like, here's how you fix them. Well, a boy can dream. I wish that existed. Anyway. Thanks for listening to the podcast. It's your parents watch this. Did we say we're brought to you here by comedy here often at the top? We didn't, but we we are. We got to say it twice now, so you say it too. Uh, Wait, what did you say? Repeat it once more very clearly. Welcome. No, thanks for listening to the podcast. And you're welcome for recording it. We're brought to you here by comedy (laughs) here often. uh, A division of comedy here often industries. (laughs) that's not true we are brought here by comedy here often a division of 604 records (laughs) well it's a division of both it's a subdivision of one (laughs) okay uh yeah also check out the uh comedy here often uh don't go that viral festival it's all going to be live streamed on youtube now you fucked up it's called stop going viral oh okay well oops you're, if you Google what I said, you'll still probably find it. Yeah, um, but be it's, on YouTube. Yeah, it, it'll be live streamed on YouTube for free. It's the last three days of April. Me and Brad are going to be on there. We tell some fun work stories. Also, Will Arnett is there, and we're being featured as equals. So that's very exciting. Yeah, that's true. They put. I told them put my name the same size as Will Arnett's on the poster, yeah, and they Will, listened, which was nice. It's Will Arnett, Mark Norman, Brad, Brad Semitek, Kean. Brad Semitek. Nikki Glaser. And then just Kean. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, anyway, fucking. And also, yeah, we're getting interviewed by a guitarist of a band that I listened to since I was a kid. Watch me say nothing and be. Is that all we do for that, or it. do we have, do stand up? As far as something? I'm concerned, that's where our responsibilities start and end. So, we're done. We're that, done, right? baby. We're done the festival. Come reap our rewards that we've given you. It's like we're recording this in the future. Yeah, but we're not. Is this what it's like to pre-plan and do a good job? No. No. This is not what that's like at all. Uh, one can imagine. This is so far the opposite from that. 
Yeah, in reality, hey, I know that a lot of podcasts are always like trying to do, you know, do the illusion of we record these in real time as you listen to them. We f- for real record these <laughs> the day before they're released. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we literally do. We're the most authentic podcast ever. <laughs> we seriously take a second every 10 minutes during the recording to read what we wrote for the recording, and this, then we don't talk about most of it. This podcast is mere hours away from being live. Yeah, it's 5.04 right now. This has to be up in six hours. <laughs> I mean, seven. Yeah, that's cl- uh, about as live as Saturday night, baby. Yeah. Um, thank you for listening to the show. Sorry it ended on that riff. We should do more.